So a shift that I've made in the in last few years, and I invite you to make the same, is also experiencing Source as yourself in maybe speaking to your higher self. That part of you, just like you have a self, like I have that was in the dark night of the soul, you have an inner child, or you have a subconscious aspect of you. You can speak to those parts of you. Can you also look to the future and the higher self who is in absolute love holding space for you to grow into that version of you that is all-knowing, part of your over soul, you know, and speaking to him, her, and saying, show me, show me what the next right thought is, the next right action. And sometimes that can feel really yummy and really familiar. Now let the magic begin. Hello, hello, and Jai Ma. Jai Ma, yomis. It's Raquel, and welcome to Your Own Magic, a podcast for the creative and the curious soul. And as always, the sponsors you hear today and their special offers will be linked in the show notes, along with ways to connect with moi and the Your Own Magic community. And of course, our special guest today, Ryan Hayden, a hypnotherapist, meditation teacher, and a leading contributor of Mind, Body, Spirit articles for Kourtney Kardashian's lifestyle website, Push. And my theme lately has been grounded, practical, perspectives on spirituality along with practices and you know don't get me wrong I love the woo I love the woo and I love to feel and connect with what feels beyond the physical but I've felt guided lately to tap into what is here and present that any of us no matter your perspective on reality even if you're a skeptic can relate to which reprogramming our subconscious mind through hypnosis and other means is one powerful way and one woman who is queen of this helping so many people heal their lives through hypnotherapy is ryan and ryan's journey who she grew up in the beauty world and she's the daughter of a supermodel one of the original supermodels and just imagine how that influenced her experience and somehow some way she found her way to finding her peace and happy place live in the country life and cultivating a meaningful career for her as a meditation teacher and a hypnotherapist and she does talk about what she learned from her mom being a master manifester as a supermodel which was interesting and how hypnotherapy also can help with manifesting and shifting old beliefs and behaviors and she also addresses some some misconceptions of hypnotherapy and another beautiful and grounded message that we solidified in this conversation is the beauty of experiencing both the light and the darkness in life and how that helps ground us in our human experience and expands our true spiritual experience so this episode i believe you will enjoy just as much as i and i just loved listening to ryan's soothing voice and it soothed me through the episode which is always nice as I tend to match the energy of whoever I'm talking to I realize and so it was very nice to listen to her voice and have a very soothing episode so with all that being said let's get on with the show shall we and now I believe it is time to let the magic begin with Ryan Hayden Well, welcome to the show, Ryan. I'm so happy to have you on. Oh, thanks. It's so good to be here. Where are you located right now? I am in Pennsylvania. I moved here from Los Angeles about 10 years ago and moved on to a farm. And it's been pretty, pretty amazing. (gasps) I'm excited to hear about your life story. But first, (laughs) I'd like to ask, what is lighting you up most in this season of your life? At this time, I'm doing so many different things. I'm just working with this wellness space in New York City and curating as the head of programming there, sort of an experience for people to come through and really mm-hmm. connect again in person and um, just sourcing all different kinds of teachers and practitioners. And it's really exciting to be together in a space. And that feels sacred because yeah. we've been a lot online, certainly as a coach. I've, I've loved it and I've made incredible connections, but there's nothing like also having the connection of being in person and to sit in a collective and feel that healing energy between us. So I'm excited about it. And the place opens in the summer. It's called Sage and Sound, and it's going to be amazing. I love the name, Sage and Sound. So you live on a farm in Pennsylvania, yet you commute to New York City Mm -hmm. for this. I do. And I'm only going in a few days a week um, because most of it I run from here, which is incredible. And that's what 
this new world has brought us, if you will. I love that. A more mobile experience of things and being able to have meetings online and being able to connect. And um, so that's why I say it's both. Both are beautiful. Both are necessary. And we need that in person. And yet we've been able to become so efficient online together and work from home and expand our lives, our personal lives and work how we want to and be more productive altogether. So, um, and for me as a coach, I've been able to work with people in Australia and Bali and London, and it's really um, so connected, so connective. And so I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for it. That's beautiful. And what, what, so many different dynamic energies, it sounds like as mm-hmm. well that you've worked around. And I'd love to hear about your story from growing up in the beauty world and then the transition that led you to your purpose today. Hmm. Well, that's a broad scope of things, but yes, I did <laughs> grow up in that world. Um, my mom was one of the original supermodels and I like to say that and I don't say it lightly because I think she may be the only one who's had like five contracts with Max Factor, L'Oreal, Estee Lauder, Revlon, uh, L'Oreal. I think I said that. What's her name? Dale Haddon. Beautiful. And she's just one of those like beautiful creatives who's been a muse for all the most beautiful photographers. And, you know, um, I'm just very proud of her work and so in her life. And so she's been a master manifester, but also an incredible ability to keep morphing into something else as she saw fit. So she wrote, she's written beauty books and then she became a philanthropist with her own um, nonprofit. And so it's just like when you look at a woman sort of keep creating life on her terms in that way and keep following the creative impulse, that's tremendously inspiring umbrella to grow up under. Beautiful. What did you learn from your mom about being a master manifester? I watched her be in flow. I watched her before I even knew what that word was. I watched Mm. her look at a need and a want and a demand Mm. and a place. I remember when she was much younger than me at 38 and was told that it was over. Her career was over. And then her saying, that can't be true because I'm a baby boomer and there are millions of us and we're just getting started at 38. So that was really the time when beauty was just one size fits all in the sense of aging. Mm -hmm. And I think she really pushed that envelope. And from there, she was able to convince Clairol to run a whole different campaign. And then L'Oreal, I think, no, it was actually Estee Lauder that she sat with them and created, they came up with the resilience line. And then she was the face of that for a long time and then moved on to L'Oreal and became, you know, that. So it's really, um, I've watched her kick down doors and be fearless. And, you know, I'm, I feel like I've been much more fragile than her in that sense. When someone says no, I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Or I've been like, oh, I guess not, not meant to be, you know? <laughs> and I've watched her say like, no means maybe in her, in that, in that particular context, like, no, you don't understand. You don't see it how I see it. And that's an incredible visionary, Yeah, I think. So yeah. Nothing scarce. I haven't watched her. Yeah. I haven't watched her like be riddled with insecurity or not know her place. Whereas I felt like that was something that I carried for a very long time in my twenties. And that feeling of not finding purpose and not knowing my place and looking from the outside in where, where do I fit? Where do I belong? What's my talent? What's my skill? I couldn't quite figure those breadcrumbs yet. And so that is an incredibly painful thing to grow up around excellence. And I kept pulling in people around me who knew exactly their purpose and their path. And so what that did is it really highlighted that sense of lack mm. within my own self. And that is a very painful experience. So I, I would like, I would weaponize that against myself. And that really, I can understand why, you know, enter alcoholism, enter wanting to take the edge off all those big feelings. And that obviously led me down that, those, that darker path. But those are those big feelings of worth, um, not finding your place, not having a through line of purpose. Those things are very, very hard to come out from under and affirmations aren't going to do it. Right. So let's be real. It's just not, it's not enough. And the affirmations can also be one more thing that you bludgeon yourself with. Like, why isn't it working? It's working for everybody else. It's not working for me. (laughs) Right. You know? Um, So there's a lot of healing to be had. And I I like to shake my stick at sort of that love and light show spirituality of manifesting and oh yes and uh-huh. just thinking happy thoughts and that toxic positivity uh-huh. and like it's it's really about aligning with shadow it's really yeah. about seeing like what's that voice what's it teaching me try to be instead of like running from it like for me I was treading water 
trying to like outrun it and <laughs> trying to just outswim it, you know, yeah. we'll stay with that analogy, but really um, being able to sit with it and what information do you have and where does this come from? And, you know, hypnosis was a huge modality that showed up for me to be able to reconfigure some things in the subconscious that I'd picked up in my childhood, um, in my environment, uh, probably socially, probably in a lot of with different people that I was with, who knows, but I picked up this blueprint that wasn't serving me. And I think hypnosis was a big um, aha moment. It was a way to sort of close a loop um, in many ways. And so I had a big respect for it. And once I became a coach, not long after I said, I'm going to absolutely going to need to use this and employ this subconscious to help my clients. And I want to, it's magic. It is magic. What a fascinating story, Ryan. And what is it about <laughs> hypnosis that helps people shift their old limiting beliefs and just completely shift themselves? Well, the subconscious runs everything under the surface. It's said that it runs 95% of our life. And so that's incredibly uh, relief inducing. If in some ways you've been trying to consciously make things happen, and you feel like you have something that keeps rerouting all the time to its true north, what feels familiar, what it knows, what patterning, what negative thought processes. And so when you go, oh man, it's not me. It's not, it's not me. I've been working so hard. It's not me. What, what? It's, it's the subconscious. <laughs> like it can be a, an incredible relief. And then also not feeling like it's a saboteur. Mm. You know, it's only rerouting things because it's showing you where there's still work and healing to do. And that's why I say we're an incredible self-healing mechanism. It really is awesome how we're doing that. So whether you like it or not, we're moving towards wholeness. And it's whether you get on board with that train or it'll just keep happening unconsciously manifesting and creating the same situations over and over with different people and different players and different circumstances and different things. But it's really to keep highlighting this um, belief that's not in alignment with your divinity, with your um, that spark of the divine that you are in, in essence, right? So it's very powerful. It's so powerful. And I um, have a lot of respect. Yeah. I want to say that I think hypnosis is such a powerful tool as well, because it's a grounded, practical, real approach. There's a lot of tools that people use to manifest or to explore their spirituality or self-esteem. But I think that hypnosis, it seems as though, I mean, from my experience as well, it's just an actual practical grounded tool to really, really help tap into that magic. And I, I appreciate that there are humans like you that help other people do this. Yeah. Yeah, and what thank you and what's more I think you can do this I'm not the human I'm not the bridge to get to your subconscious I think I'm one way you know yeah. the, the beauty that you can yes you're, yeah, you're you can way. drop into your own through self-hypnosis I mean all hypnosis is self-hypnosis it's to the degree the degree that you allow it and so I'd love to just take a second to explain how it works is that yes please from the ages of zero to seven we're in a state called theta and theta is a very, it's a brainwave activity state that's slower and it's more about absorbing what's going on in the environment. And after around that age, then we pop out into other states where brainwave activity is more rapid. It's more about doing, it's more about creating and projecting and the brain moves very quickly throughout the day. Um, so those are, those states are beta and below that's alpha. And sometimes we drop into alpha when we're spacing out or when we're Meditation can happen. Um, we're watching a movie. So hypnosis is really familiar. People have this weird understanding of it because of stage shows and things like that. And really, it's a very natural state that we move through um, that theta state throughout our day. Because when we're going to sleep at night, we move from beta, which is waking state, into alpha, through theta, and down into delta. Everybody knows delta is sleep. And the same thing when you're waking up in the morning. You start in delta. As you wake up, you move into theta. Then you go into alpha and then beta, right? So it's it's just it's this very natural progression. And throughout the day, we dip into certain states. Like, how did you drive from A to B? You don't remember how you got there. You were in a hypnotic trance because you can't remember what happened. Your body took over. You see what I mean? So it's really it's really interesting. Or when you're watching a movie, it feels real to you. That's another state, right? That's probably right. you're in an alpha state. So this is. Hypnosis is something that you're actually using and doing throughout your day, but you just haven't called it that. 
So what we want to do in hypnosis is we deliberately drop ourselves into theta. And you can do this through breath, through very, you know, 10 deep breaths, dropping down, dropping down, dropping down, even deeper, even deeper, and dropping into the state where everything slows down. And this is where we can start to move with the subconscious. This is where we can talk to the subconscious and upload new ideas. For instance, I love and accept you completely. You're doing the best you can. You're in a state of receiving abundance and prosperity. All good is flowing to you all day, every day. These are the times to start using, in that state, to start using those affirmations. The thing is, is we're using them in beta state when the brain is very active and it's not absorbing into the subconscious. And then we wonder why it doesn't work and it becomes one more spiritual tool that um, is working against us in a sense because we're like, what's wrong with me? You know, so use it, use, use those affirmations in a deliberate way. Now you have this piece of knowing. This is yours. Take it. You, you need not <laughs> necessarily have to like call 1-800-HYPNOTHERAPY to be able to, I don't think those, I would match the appropriate numbers, but you know, <laughs> to, to find someone who can do that for you. Try to do it on your own and start using that when you're going to sleep at night and when you're waking up in the morning. That would be a really powerful time to start programming your subconscious for your highest good. And I like to say that when with manifesting, always add that caveat to your manifesting. If you're praying for something or trying to, you know, intentionally manifest something into your life, always add on. It's a little clause. If it's for my highest good, if it's for my highest good, if it's for the highest good of all, because I don't want to infringe on someone else's path. I don't want the incurred karma of that. And yes, we are master creators, but we also don't have, we have limited purview from our perspective, and also the ego wants a lot of shit, you know? The ego wants more, 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 this, 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 and I don't want to be informed by that. So it's kind of like a way to check the ego if it's for the highest good of all. And that way, good will come to me, maybe this or something better. And that's another thing to say, yes. this or something better. Yes. And then we let our higher self lead. We let the universe move into collusion with it. So that's just notes from the field. I'm glad you said all this. I love to wrap up my prayers or journalings or mm. manifestations with for my highest good or with this or something better. Beautiful. Just something along the lines of that. Mm -hmm. I love a natural look with some shimmer. I love that lightly soft contour, but add, of course, some shimmer and some blush, some highlighter, a whisk of eyeliner on the outer edges, and, of course, a strong lengthening mascara that does not clump. Or flake. That's basically the look I usually go for. So whether you like a more natural look or full glam or somewhere in between, you'd love Thrive Cosmetics because you're not only getting quality cosmetics, but you're also contributing to a good cause. And you also might already know of them as they have a pretty viral, vibrant turquoise tube on social media for their mascara. And it is a game changer. It is. I'm so happy that Thrive Cosmetics is not just stunning, but also 100% vegan and cruelty-free. And it's packed with clean, skin-loving ingredients. Their high-performance formulas set the bar high with uncompromising standards. So no wonder their bestsellers boast thousands of glowing five-star reviews. And what also makes them even more more special is that every purchase with Thrive Cosmetics contributes to making communities thrive, hence the name. I mean, it's also spelled C-A-U-S-E, Medics, Thrive Cosmetics. So it's not just about beauty. I mean, they're truly about giving back. So with your support, they donate products and funds to support communities in need through responsive giving. That's why they've been my beauty obsession since 2020. I've been using their Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara since 2020. I mean, this is a magical mascara that lasts all day without a hint of clumping or smudging or flaking. And removal is a breeze as all I need is warm water and a washcloth. Pretty simple. And also here's the best part. The nourishing ingredients in this flake free tubing formula not only gives you the length and definition that you crave, but also it supports longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It's a love story for your lashes. So Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com magic. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E, M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash magic for 20% off your first order.
Last night I was listening to a recording. A, it was it was somewhat of a hypnosis recording. She was just sharing affirmations with soothing music to help you fall asleep. Mm. I'm curious what your thoughts are when people use something like that to help them fall asleep. And then also while they're sleeping, they hear those affirmations continue. Beautiful. Wonderful. Amazing. <laughs> Truly make sure they're what you want. Yes. Make sure that's your truth. I mean, a lot of times... The subconscious, if we say, you know, I love and accept myself, um, subconscious can be like, that's not true. You don't. You don't at all. That's a joke, you know. <laughs> so um, <laughs> it's a good thing to say, but you can also add, um, I like the idea. Mm. I like the idea that I love and accept myself completely because the subconscious goes, uh-huh, yes, I do. I do like that idea. Right. Something that actually resonates. So it's kind of another backdoor way. Yeah. Yes. I love that. What are some common <laughs> misconceptions about hypnotherapy? Um, just that we would entrain someone into acting the fool or we could make them do something <laughs> they didn't want to do. Right. You have to understand that's why we say it's all self-hypnosis because it's the degree that of your, that you're willing. I can't make anyone do anything they wouldn't want to. First of all, that's just not my purpose here on the planet. It's just not. It's to keep aligning you to your highest vision of yourself. And that's a safety net that I hold with a lot of integrity and with honor. But <clears throat> that would probably be the biggest one. People are There's a fear there that something could happen that wouldn't be what they truly want or desire, but then understand they're feeding that constantly through their self-talk. Mm. They're solidifying. They're doing that. They're, you know, that they're, that fear that they have that they're projecting onto the, the hypnotist. It's really their own because mm -hmm. every day we're cementing our lack, our less than, our fear, our anxiety, you know, through the things that we say to ourselves. So like it really starts with, you want to see your life improve? Watch your self-talk. Right. Ooh. It starts there. And you were talking about how we can project onto a hypnotherapist. And I believe my very first experience, my mom took me to a hypnotherapist when I was 16. I had uh, a pretty severe case of trichotillomania where you pull your hair out mm -hmm. and depression and a lot of other things. And so she took me to a hypnotherapist. She thought that was the best form for me. And I didn't feel fully safe, even though he was probably a great man. I think that I was just projecting things onto him. So it didn't fully work until later on in life when I started seeing people and also listening to programs where I did feel safe. And it's interesting how that can also play a role too. Do you think it's really important to make sure that the person that you are with your client feels super safe? And have you ever experienced them project something onto you? I haven't. You have a very safe energy <laughs> and a soothing voice as well. Oh, thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think that um, the state of who you're working with is so important. You know, as a, as a coach, as anyone in the healing space, your state is what keeps you in integrity with your clients. So you want to make sure that you're in integrity with what you're saying, what you're doing, how you are. Of course, we all have like energy leaks right. here and there. Energy lakes, I like that term. I think we can feel we can feel that when we move. If you walk into an office and it's not feeling right, leave, pay the money, get out your subconscious, your well-being, your mental state. You know, um, trust that, trust that intuition. When you were little, you couldn't. You're like, my mom sent me here. I'm here. I got to make the best of it. <laughs> but, like, find exactly. if you you know be sovereign, advocate for yourself, use your agency. If it doesn't feel right to you then with that person, then don't let them in. Don't let them into that very vulnerable space within you, you know? So, um, and also trusting that you're going to land where you should and you can say a prayer before and you can set shields around yourself. You know, there's a lot of energy floating around on the planet. We're in a really powerful time and I, and a lot of healers and practitioners are, um, deciding who they're taking orders from. Do you know what I'm saying? Does that sound really cryptic? It, it probably does a little bit, but I think a little cryptic. there's some false light on the thing. You know what I mean? There's some, there's not, uh, it's, Oh yes, yes, so yes. So it's yes, like, find yes. if, if your gut, if you've been sitting in meditation, oh, yes. if you have a, a, that still small voice that they talk about, if you have that still small voice, like check into that before you go into with a healer or a coach or a mentor or a therapist or anybody or a doctor and just check in with yourself. And if that voice and just start to lean into that, start to say, this is, this is, this person is on the path with me. 
this doesn't feel right. Like those things. I, I don't have actually said this publicly, but I think it's important to not everyone is in absolute integrity with what they're, with what they're selling and what they're, what they stand for. So trusting you and your sovereignty around that and your ability to discern discernment is major at this time because the veils are thin. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the forces for good are, um, I think there's equally forces that are vested in people not progressing on the path. So they would move through healers and practitioners, right? So it's not to be afraid. It's just to be, we can't bury our head in the sand. And it's not like what we focus on the positive and everything positive happens. Like it's doesn't, it's not true. That's like Alice in Wonderland. Like it's not, it's not true. We live (laughs) in, this is a polarizing planet. It's a polarized place. And that's the golden ticket that we took when we decided to come to this 3D plane. And it's very unique. And it's from what Mm -hmm. I understand in the multiverse, it is a unique plane to be on. So it's the plane of amnesia. But the thing of it is, is in this matrix, it's all about people, places, and things. It's about acquiring and it's forgetting what we're actually here to do, which is evolve and grow as souls and remember who we are and to, you know, have these soul contracts with each other and to keep evolving. And there's themes in your life and what themes are you working on? These are really good questions to be asking. What's recurring? What do I keep working? Am I here to learn more forgiveness? Am I here to practice self-acceptance? Am I here? What's the recurring theme? You know, it's always, it's usually going to be love. So how much more loving? I mean, I had a mentor who said to me, how much more loving can you be right now to yourself with this set of circumstances? And that was always the question. And it could sound selfish in the wrong hands, but in the right hands, it's when I do the most loving thing for myself, everyone around me benefits. And not in selfishness, but in like rooted in what is loving might not be kind to for someone else. It might hurt them, but it's, it's loving for me. Yeah. Yeah. Because they can find what's loving for Mm -hmm. them and they don't need to depend on you. Oh, I love that. Especially in those dark night of the soul Mm -hmm. moments or moments where you feel disconnected in some way or something happens Mm -hmm. that completely shifts you into this frustrated, darker state or something like what leaning towards what is love for me? What is going to make me feel good in this moment? I absolutely love that. And if you don't know what that is, then learn. Yeah. Because you, no one's going to give you that. No one's going to, you think it's going to be the guy or the girl or the job or the thing. It's just never that because they are on their own path and journey, right? And that's where we get sick in our loving, um, where we need our needs and we have our needs and wants and our list of what needs to have happen for me to feel safe and to feel loved. Mm-hmm. And I challenge us to really learn to figure out what is my own love language for me? How do I speak to myself? How do I show up for myself? Where am I asking someone else to be for me what I am not willing to be for myself? Right. During the pandemic, many of us were awakening to this recognition that a lot of the teachings and messages that perhaps we once really loved, and maybe they helped expand us, but they weren't fully in integrity with the teacher that presented it. And I was going through this moment Mm -hmm. for a period of time where I was questioning everything in spirituality and yada, yada. Like I was questioning so much because I could see that there was some dishonesty there and, Mm -hmm. and I could feel it in my gut. And so I had to just step out of it for a bit to find and explore myself again. And I feel like a lot of people, you were just mentioning this and I feel like it's just another confirmation that those of us who have been experiencing that are not alone and to trust in yourself and what you feel and what your soul says. And I think that tapping into your subconscious is another way to also really explore what's true and what's honest with you. How can we tap into the subconscious in our own time at home, in our bed or wherever? Keep a log of how you speak to yourself in a day. You know, start to pay attention to that, start to slow it down because we have, you know, 30,000 thoughts a day and most of which are unconscious. Again, it's the subconscious just and the brain is off gassing, doing what it does and try to create space between those thoughts. And that might sound like gobbledygook, but it really is checking. Why am I feeling down? Like, what was I just thinking? And going through that painful work of retracing a feeling to a thought because it always starts there. And then 
you know, most of us, even those of us on the spiritual path, will do our prayers and meditation in the morning, and then the rest of the day will go dark in a sense, <laughs> and then maybe reconnect again in the in the evening. But that's a really long time. So find ways. Like for me, I love to suggest to clients to like set timers on your phone, mm. maybe every hour, just a check in. How am I doing? How am I feeling? What's going on? What am I thinking? What's the whether? What's what am I entertaining? And even if it's just a quick, you know, three deep breaths to just reconnect to the body and get grounded, you know, that's a really beautiful way to drop back in because it's happening right here, right now. And we're so future tripping and looking at the past and being informed by the past through our traumas and our experiences. And mostly, this is a little sad, is mostly that we're just completely re-experiencing the past constantly. Anything happens, you get triggered and it downloads a memory. This is the subconscious downloads. Oh, this feels like this. Oh my God, he's being offensive. Jesus, I better run. I'm in trouble. You know, like it, it's not, we're not in present time. We're not available to the beauty of what is right now. So if you can start through the breath, if you can start to create those points of contact throughout your day, it's very powerful and it's very grounding even more than doing your breaths in the morning and then not doing, you know, doing them again at night, try to, pep, you know, pepper, salt and pepper that throughout your day and see, see what that gives you. Yeah. See if that gives you that. And again, keep a journal, keep a log and just see, you know, where am I at? What's, what's true for me? I mean, you're journaling. So you, you know what that gives you and you read back and some days you're like down on yourself and you read back and you're like, God, I'm a beautiful person. Look at me. I'm saying such <laughs> kind things. Oh my God, I'm really trying so hard. I love myself. I'm trying so hard. Oh my God. So much compassion. You know, that's the truth. You fall in love with yourself. You know, who's going to do that? We all have this idea. We're writing journals that when we die, people might read them. You know, it's like, be that person who reads them, read them now and just be like, geez, you know, I'm really working so hard. I really want this. I'm really trying to fall in love with me. And I think it's everywhere else, but it's right here. It's me. It's me. I'm the one I'm looking for. I'm the one I'm looking for. That is so beautiful. So true. So practical as well. And I thank you for that. And on a very light note, I'm, I know that people are going to be curious, how does hypnotherapy help one manifest a successful career or even attract their dream partner and other desires? Well, I think getting clear on what you want and why you want it is important. So starting there and just see if, you know, if you want to be with someone, you want to be in love and you want to be present for the relationship and then you keep pulling in an emotionally unavailable human, there's some part of you that's not in alignment. And it looks like you're standing standing there going like, I am so loving and I'm waiting for them to love and I'm just going to hold space until that happens. But there's fear there. Either you've been burned or you're afraid of that intimacy, whether it's holding up a mirror and you know there'll be work to be had. So whatever the reasons are, and there are multiple choices on this, but check and see what you keep calling in. And if you're saying, I just want it to be easy and fun, but then you really thrive in drama and you really like feeling that feels alive to you. Are you playing something out from your childhood? Is that what love looked like for you? So if that's true, then you might want to work with someone around that because it's really hard to keep holding up the mirror for ourselves. It's not impossible, but it is, it's, it's more fun. To be honest, it can be more fun to have an ally on the path with you and be like, I'm hearing this. Are you seeing this? Oh, there it is. You know? So whether it's a mentor, a sponsor or whatever, or a girlfriend, but you know, whoever that is, or a coach or a therapist or find someone because it can be lonely. It is you at the end of the day, you are the one that will make those changes. Any great ally is going to keep making suggestions. It's to the degree that, that you apply them. And that huge leap happens when you're like, wow, I'm going to drop all my ambition and I'm going to just feel my way through this path of learning how to love, how to show up for myself in love. And then everything else is going to follow. So then you won't hold so tightly to this brass ring over there. I'm not saying don't try to manifest things like it's not that, but in my experience, I have plenty of people come through here who have attained everything there is to attain and they have that emptiness. It doesn't fill that hole. If you want to have that as a goal and then continue to grow that love as you're on your way to there, you can become that person on the way there who's going to be able to hold it and receive it and enjoy it instead of putting your sights on the next thing because that didn't do what you thought it was going to do. Mm. Oof. 
And when you said drop my ambition and hold yourself in love and everything will follow, I had major chills. And a huge piece of that is to have trust. But I think many people struggle to trust or to even feel like, oh, this there is a universal connection that will guide me as long as I trust and hold myself in this light and well, not light and love in the untrue sense, but just a genuine, like hold myself in love and everything will follow. But for many, especially maybe the mindset at the time is very pessimistic, or they're just going through a moment, a, a dark night of the soul moment. What do you recommend for people who are in that space? Name it good. Hmm. There's nothing wrong. You've done nothing wrong. We all have to walk through those moments and they're fertile. And so surrender to it. Just be here. You know, in the, in the, you know, we talk a lot about acceptance is not, it's just, we stop fighting reality mm-hmm. and wanting it to be different. So I'm saying just settle in. It's here. Some things come, you're in this dark space. You can't quite see your way forward. Maybe there's patterns that are overwhelming take some of the information from this podcast and any wisdom elsewhere and just keep applying it. But the thing that we tend to do is to push against the pain and to say, I can't feel this way. I'm not spiritual. Mm -hmm. It's not working. (laughs) I'm not doing it right. There's something wrong with me. Like it's like that conversation, even that happens to me. And, and I've been doing this a long time. Like it can happen when you're deep, deep invested and committed to the path. There can be (laughs) days like that where the comparison comes up or this or that, or, I just talked this way or how can I be, that's not in alignment with all these things. So it's like just having the humility that we're having a human experience, dark nights of the soul can be part of that. I have had one deep, deep in my alcoholism. I've been sober 18 years now, but that 18 years ago, that looked like the worst period of time in my life. And I look back now and I have so much love and um, respect for that period of time, because from there I stripped everything down to the studs. Like you talk about my time in Hollywood, I was chasing, chasing this, that. That's why I speak of this because I've lived it. Um, thinking this would do it, that would do it. Even motherhood could do it. This could do it, and the this and the red carpet and all this, and <clears throat> being married to this person or having friends like all that. It doesn't do what you think it's going to do. It just never does. And in fact, hitting that and then feeling like now what? That's where the dark night of the soul came and saying, I can't, with the tools I have, with the perceptions I have, this is the best I can do, which is just completely check out because I can't, I can't abide by this, these rules of engagement anymore. And I don't quite know what's next. And so that was a fertile period of time. And is it better? It's now I feel I'm on solid ground. I know who I am. I love who I am. I have a deep, you know, and, and friendship with myself and I've built a really steady life, but is this more valuable than that time? I don't think so. <laughs> it would look like from the outside and I'm sure people who know me, like, I'm so glad you're safe. And I'm, I'm sure they would say we hated when you were that period of time, but as an adventurous soul, like they're both great, you know? So can we, can we develop a little more um, space and room and honoring and for those moments when we can't find our way and can we just say this is for now the mind's going to tell you this is how it always is and you'll never find your way out and that's the part where we can just stop that stop that little piece there and just say this is here for me let me keep trying different ways something's going to click something will lots and lots and lots of (laughs) artists and creators and you know spiritualists that are real and in integrity with their path have had to go through those moments so you're in really absolutely. good company <laughs> absolutely Ooh. and there's nothing wrong yeah it's all good and bless it yes. and be in it and just keep trying to fold new things and maybe this modality maybe that maybe just being with my breath you know also stop seeking just be with it and see how it um see how you can remembering there's nothing outside of you it is you. It is all you. Everything's a reflection of you. And just to move and keep breathing through that pain, through that feeling, just acknowledging, letting it be there. If it's the sadness, if it's the despair, and try to just edge in a little compassion, a little bit every day. Write down what you're saying to yourself. Work on your subconscious. Drop yourself with your breath down into that velvety space within you that is 
infinite that knows exactly what's up and start letting that voice speak to you. And I I do want to share this because we talk about spirituality and God and source and all these things. And that is so vast. It's so unknowable. It's so hard to experience and comprehend and hold on to. And when you get a glimpse of it, it's just so fleeting. It's hard to, and then we're in a world that is constantly pulling us off that knowing that being. So a shift that I've made in the in last few years, and I invite you to make the same, is also experiencing source as yourself in maybe speaking to your higher self, that part of you, just like you have a self like I have that was in the dark night of the soul, you have an inner child, or you have a subconscious aspect of you, you can speak to those parts of you. Can you also look to the future and the higher self who is in absolute love, holding space for you to grow into that version of you that is all-knowing, part of your oversoul, you know, and speaking to him, her, and saying, show me, show me what the next right thought is, the next right action. And sometimes that can feel really yummy and really familiar versus this thing out there that I'm trying to align with. It's right here, and it's you. And on time, time doesn't exist, so it's in, it's right there for the taking, I have major chills. And I think that it's something to emphasize again. I'm just going to reiterate that if you're going through a dark night of the soul moment, that does not mean it is bad. In fact, it's actually a beautiful teacher for you. And so thank you for sharing that and sharing your backstory on it. I'm a story person. I love stories. And I've read that you're quite a relationship expert as well. And there is an experience that propelled you into that field. Do you mind sharing that experience and then what that taught you when it comes to finding self-love and maybe even your partner? First of all, I would never call myself a relationship expert. Okay. It it says it. It says it online, but I'm fair. Okay. Someone else might have. Yes, come find me, the relationship expert, because I get it all figured out. No, it's not that. I've had many parties where I haven't known what I'm doing, and I've been in the throes of that emotionally unavailable partner or two or three. And it's just I wasn't able to show up in love for myself, as I said earlier. So it's really a reflection of you. It's not them. It's you. It's not them, sister. It's you. So that's really helpful. I wish someone had said that to me at the time. Um, I'm sure someone did. I probably just was had my fingers in my ears going, la, 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 la. I love him. I love him. And so I'm going to hold space until he's ready. <laughs> I've had amazing teachers they, being those people, those, those partners that showed up um, in their lack of loving. And what that did is, again, they kept showing up on a timeline for me to highlight, again, something that I had experienced in childhood of not feeling held in that way, not feeling sacred in that way, not feeling that I was, um, and instead of abandoning myself, which is what I kept pulling these partners in so I could learn because I was deeply committed at that time to moving and growing into self-love so that I could learn how to not self-abandon when someone outside of me was abandoning me. And that's when I put my big girl pants on for real you know, that was incredible and incredibly another dark night of the soul time where they literally on my knees crying for what it was being, what they were highlighting for me. And they probably have no idea. They've gone on with their lives. And I'm like, I just want to thank you (laughs) for being that incredible teacher. Um, And so I grew in leaps and strides alongside that, but wow. Um, So yeah, those relationships did that. Um, And then there's, there's just been, I just, I feel like I've been very blessed in the relationship department. I really have. I've known tremendous, you know, intoxicating love and I've had um, a stability in a relationship. Then I've also seen that really have children in that relationship. And then that relationship devolved through alcoholism and got to live through that of like the absolute worst aspects of two people come together in that space and time and yet still have that love for that person and still wish them the very best. And you know, our paths diverged and still holding space for them to continue to evolve separate from you. I mean, that's, you know, and then, then raising children and co-parenting and all of that. It's, that's, that's a whole other playground of, um, you know, learning how to hold space for yourself and put the focus back on you. See, I think for a long time, I didn't know how to do that. I thought it looked like 
enmeshment. I thought it looked like extreme caretaking and people pleasing. And um, I got to learn under duress because that was another extreme time, how to allow the person that you're with to make whatever choices they're making and just keep moving and putting the lens on my own healing. And eventually our paths became divergent and for, it was for the highest good to move on. But it, it was a beautiful training ground. That was my like black belt, codependent. Um, hi-ya! You know, <laughs> yep. it really was. So thanking yep. that being for showing up perfectly in that way. So I could um, get those lessons. Man, it's all about living life to the fullest and experiencing whatever comes. And then you learn whatever lesson and mm-hmm. it helps you continue to ground more and more into yourself mm-hmm. and become more in love with yourself. And sometimes that takes time. I think that when we're in our 20s, I remember I was really seeking, like you said, to not seek. I was really seeking, seeking, seeking. And I feel like I'm definitely not settled, but learning how to ground and settle Mm. into what's the most authentic, honest version, not even version, just the most authentic me. And that's accepting all the different tragedies and darkness and light in my human experience that you know, occurs ebbs and flows daily, weekly, monthly, yearly. So it's so nice to hear somebody else's story who has been through that, even if some, like myself, I've been through a lot of extremes as well. And so it's, it's nice to know that it's okay, that whatever our life experience is, we're learning these lessons, and we're, we're going to be able to ground more into ourselves through learning these lessons. That's right. right. Yeah, so thank you for that. Oh, absolutely. And I think (laughs) that um, when I talked about the love and light show in the beginning, I just wanted to say I was saying that that it is is a love and light show in the sense of that's what we're here to do and to connect to. So it isn't making fun of that. It's making fun of the version where it's just that. And I think, you know, clearly (laughs) in my story, and it sounds like in yours too, part of moving into authentic love and light is allowing the shadow to give you to speak its wisdom so that you can heal or the subconscious or, and so I like to say like the spiritual path is messy. And in my mind, it was like some idealized version that I was never going to be upset or I would be calm in all senses. It's like this fake phony mask of spirituality. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. messy and it's, it's, it can be difficult and there's periods of rest and seasons of that, but there's also parts where you're going to have to get down deep in the weeds and it's going to feel like, you know, nothing. And so that seeking that you're speaking of, I think is very much a part of the path. Is it here? Is it there? Trying on this is a Kundalini yoga showed up for me at a time. Is it this? Is it emotional freedom technique? Like find all the tools, like just explore it all, but then fold it in and see if it resonates for you. We don't want to just keep doing overlay, overlay this tool, this tool, but then you're just acquiring to stroke the ego, the spiritual ego. (laughs) It wouldn't be that. And you would know that what your intention is. If it's not working, take what you like and leave the rest. You know, we hear that in the 12 step world and I'm deep in that world myself, but it's very, very beautiful to, you know, if you're seeking, then integrate, seek and then integrate and then leave it. The thing is, is we get into this culture of constantly, I'm doing on this, I'm on that workshop and I'm in this course and I'm taking this and I'm doing that. Like, where are you sitting with you? Mm-hmm. Right. And it's, it's fun. My God, it's fun. And we all have that ADHD of like, Oh my God, this new thing and that, and this trend and that. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. And I get it. And I'd rather be doing that than like shopping or, you know, there's nothing wrong with shopping, <laughs> but I mean, at that's that level of like, ah, mm-hmm. you know, consumption, I just yeah. meant it's all fun and it's great, but where can you stop and be, move into that being and then integrating all that wisdom that you're learning? It's not about how many stacks of books you have on your side table. Like how is that moving through your system, you know, um, and slow it down if it's going too fast and you'll know what I'm speaking of if that resonates. Yeah. And many people might be listening and for them, I know that I used to hear these things And because I was so hypnotized and excited about spirituality when I was first beginning the quote unquote spiritual journey, even though we pretty much begin that at birth, right? But Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? When I was starting to hear about meditation and yoga and do all the things and and got into the woo-woo, I was so excited about everything. And I would hear people like you speak and share and I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I get it. But 
it's okay that in that time, even if it's not fully integrated yet, to be excited, I think, as yes. well about everything yes. till you fully, I mean, then of course the universe was like, hey, you're, if you want, if you want to share this stuff, you got to really learn it. And mm-hmm. so, it, mm-hmm. you know, it's been taking yeah. on a roller coaster since. And so everything I realized back then was more theory than it was integrated knowledge and wisdom. And then, and I'm still in the process of it, but I think that it's a beautiful thing to still be in the process of it. Oh, I'm still in the process. We're all in the process. It's, <laughs> yes. That's what makes it so fun. It really does. Right? It should be fun, you know? <laughs> yeah, it should be fun when you start to pick, pick up something new and you're like, oh, this is a new way I can sit in my meditation and really like drop in, yeah. you know? Um, I love that. I really do. And it's up to us to keep it exciting and it's up to us to you know, want to sit down at the mat, although the ego will do everything to trip us up and be like, <laughs> yeah. no, you got a million things to do. You don't have time for that. Yeah. You know, it's so true. So just know like everyone has that. Well, most, yeah. I, most people I know do. So it's just, and then working through that and being like, nope, check yourself. We're sitting, you know, that's how it's going down. <laughs> You're not the boss. I'm taking orders <laughs> from the heart, not the head. Yeah. Before we move into rapid fire, do you have any other messages on reprogramming our subconscious mind or anything else? No, I think that's it. Just know yeah. that you have the ability to do that. Yeah. Just drop in through breath. Learn a self-hypnosis technique. and Or like you suggested, Raquel, is to do um, listen to one of those audio recordings at night. That's a great one. I have a couple on my website. And though you can try those out and see how that feels. I think I even have a free one you can try. So those are, those are available. Or do it yourself. You know? Yeah. It's, um, it's just another modality to move into a deep place within you that really holds a lot of keys. And so why not try it? Mm, that's beautiful. <laughs> so rapid fire, coffee or tea? Both. Mm, what kind of tea when you have tea? I have an organic Irish breakfast that I love. Yum. And then how do you like your coffee? I've actually been doing a mushroom adaptogen. kind. Of, I guess it's a pseudo coffee. Yeah. I do that and I have like all this yummy collagen and lion's mane. I have all these things in it and it like, feels like this yummy treat. Yeah. So that's why I said both. Sage or Palo Santo, if any? Oh, Palo Santo. <laughs> Palo Santo. I have this candle that I made for my store and it's Palo Santo Ooh. and it is so beautiful and because I love that smell and my husband doesn't love it and this is rapid fire and I'm talking no but, um, no one ever my husband doesn't like the smell of it burning oh. and so I created this candle so I could burn it in the house and he has no problem with it but it but it's purifying the space and it has this beautiful Merkaba on it and um I'm like it's lit right now and I'm smelling it as we're talking I so definitely that. Palo Santo I love yeah. that. I love that. Oh, and you made the candle yourself? No, I sourced it. It's 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 in my store. <laughs> oh, I have a store called Sanjali and that's in my store. Yeah. Sanjali. Is yeah. that in Pennsylvania? It's an online store. It's called Sanjali. Okay. Sanjali is my spiritual name. Yeah. Oh, that's your spiritual name? That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Faith form of body movement. Probably stretching. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you know your big three in astrology by any chance? Yes. Yes. What are they? Um, My sun is in Capricorn. My moon is in Aquarius and my rising is Aries. But I feel like I'm an imposter Capricorn. So that's why I was hesitant. I (laughs) I heard the hesitancy. I'm like, what the what? I was like, "Uh because I don't, my husband's a full Capricorn. I look at him and I'm like, you go with your Capricorn self. Like he's absolutely that person. And I feel someone told me once that as you're evolving, you become more your moon Mm -hmm. sign. And I feel like more Aquarian. Yeah over time. I just feel like that. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Where's your happy place? Oh, oh God. I, it came to my mind. But it sounds so corny. It's just when I'm in my center. That's not corny. But it's not corny because it's true. Yeah. It's not. It's really not because it's right. I was going to say my heart, but when I really dial into past the feeling of my heart, it's being in the center because no matter what I'm doing, like right now, speaking with you, I feel like this just waves and waves of like just ease and grace and comfort. And so it really, I could be anywhere if I'm feeling that I'm walking my goats or I'm with my kids or I'm, you know, you know, writing something that that's flowing through me or yeah. So probably when I'm in my center. I love that answer. And I feel like when I'm in my center, I'm in my center when I'm uh, having a conversation on the podcast as well. I call it my church. You know, mm-hmm. it feels like I'm in my soul, mm-hmm. in my center. And I love that answer, actually. Yes. Not Beautiful. corny at all. What kind of farm animals do you have? I have chickens and I have goats and oh, dogs and rabbits and a hamster oh. and cats. And yeah, 
So barn animals are the chickens and the goats. Yes. Oh, I love chickens yeah. and goats. Oh, yeah. I, oh, I'm always man. posting on my stories about my goats going for goat walks. And Cute. they really are delightful <laughs> and mischievous and fun. And they always get me going. At the end of the day, I'm always out there walking them. And it's it's really nice. Wow. What a, a dynamic experience in life, too. From Hollywood to a farm, sometimes going into the city of New York, <laughs> going back to a farm. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, <laughs> what animal do you connect with most, if any? Oh my God, probably a cat. I love my cat Jaya mm. more than anything. Oh, I, I think that, him. yeah, Jaya is. Um, he's very, very special. I feel like we've been together many times, and that's mm. the woo portion of this call. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a soulmate. Why oh, can't a cat be a soulmate? I think it can be. Yeah. So we welcome the woo here, though. Yes, yes. Yeah, cat can be a soulmate. I think we should expand our ideas mm. of soulmates. Why does it always have to be like the right. opposite partner? Right. Why does it have to be that? Can it be our no. children? Can it be our animals? Can it be, yes. you know, our yeah. friends? Our friends. Yes. Oh, I yes. fully believe that. I think yeah. it's just anybody who's in our soul family right. who we feel that deep connection with. That's right. <laughs> Do you have a morning routine by any chance? Well, I have small kids still, so it really is the morning routine yes. is their routine. It's it's that. just getting them out to school, doing that, and usually after they leave, then I take a breath, and then it, and then I go into my space of getting ready. Of mm. um, I love to do. I've just recently discovered doing gua sha, so I do that on my face, and I love it. It's just like moving, um, relaxing the face and moving the face, and with these beautiful stones. And so I do that, and I do my meditation, and I do stretching, and I you know, like my Palo Santo. It's like everything you think I have my crystal bowls. I'm like, ding, ding, ding. You know? That is a routine. So that's, yeah. That is yeah, nice. It is. And I'll do variations of that. It's not every day of the course. same. I'm just, I, I feel into it. I don't know if anybody has the exact same routine every day. Mm. Maybe some Virgos out there. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. If you could gift everyone you know a book what book would it be oh my god for sure i've thought of it a few times during this podcast i would say two books may i may i be so audacious to propose two i would say journey of souls by dr michael newton oh yes super powerful Mm -hmm. about what happens life between lives where we go and soul pools and how we come here it really explains a lot it really gives a great new paradigm of what we're doing here. So I love that book. And then I'd say Love Without Conditions by Paul Farini, which is a channeled text of um, the Christ consciousness. And it's, I really do feel like it has a transmission of peace and love and light and codes. So I would say those two. Never heard of the Love Without Conditions. So thanks for the recommendation. And sure. <laughs> this is the last question I ask all the Euromagic guests. How would you advise the Euromagic listeners to create their own magic? You are magic. Mm. You are that magic. You are it. It is here. And I'm sure you can look at your life and see all the ways that you've wielded that and created everything. It's all come from a thought, from a a feeling. And so now that you know that you're this master creator, how can you become a force Mm. for good? How can you become of service to this planet in this period of time that's called an ascension that's been foretold? And how can you show up? for the highest at this time and really use that magic and click out of the matrix, which has been asking you to use your magic to create in this very dense space and time and to instead use your magic self and not be have to become more than you already are just as you are now and see where you can shine your light, where you can become even more a force for good. And you can pray for that and ask for that and open to that. Um, and that you're here at this time, you've wanted to be here at this time to do this. So use that magic that is already you and um, create from that place of deep service and love to the planet and to everyone else that's here. Oh, beautiful. You're needed. You're needed. You're you needed. Know? And you are magic. <laughs> and thank you for sharing your magic, Ryan. And this was such a beautiful, expansive, and very grounded as well and practical episode that anyone can really connect with and embrace our human humility and those dark set night of the soul moments and make sure to... Um, tap out of the matrix for a bit to tune within and open our subconscious and tap into that space and, you know, uplift that a bit. So thank you so much for all your messages throughout this podcast. And you are more than welcome to come back on any time. Oh, thank you. Where can everyone find you? 
um, come over to my Instagram. That's where I write a lot. I, I write a lot of posts there and I just share my life and my goats and my whole Aww. what's going on. And so I would say there, I'm at ryan.hadden on Instagram. And then of course my website and my store is at my website, ryanhadden.com. I'll put all that in the show notes. Thank you Yay. so much, Ryan. This has Thank been an amazing so conversation. Much. I really enjoyed it too. And thanks for having me and thanks everyone for listening. Lots of love and light to you in the deepest sense. Yomis, that is a wrap. That is a wrap for this episode. I hope that something spoke deeply to you, expanded you in some way. Please let me know if so. You can catch me on Instagram at Raquel Mantra. I spell Raquel a different way than most, so you can see the spelling in the show notes. Or hang out with the Yomis, the like-minded, very conscious and expansive and helpful souls on the Euro Magic Facebook group especially a place to turn to when it comes to well whatever you're going through and there are several tools on the euromagic.life membership site all right well thank you so so much and have a magical rest of your day